I'm not sure if I've ever really shared this before, but I am a nail girly. I really am. I love just having like fresh manicured nails. I just, I always have. But something that I've struggled with since I became a mom is finding the time to go to the salon. I mean, who has time for that? Also, it's super expensive, which is why I'm so excited to have discovered Olive in June. With Olive in June, it is so easy to get these salon-worthy nails, but at home. And I feel like when I do the press on nails, they just, they look real and they're non-damaging press-ons and which I think is so important because I don't want to be damaging my nails. Plus it breaks down to just $10 a manicure, which is so much cheaper than going to the salon. Plus it's better than gel because I feel like when I use gel, sometimes it really kind of messes up my nails. Plus these press-ons, they last so long. Like I feel like they last at least a week, if not more for me. And so I always like to create this little ritual, maybe turn on some TV, do my nails, and it's just kind of like this fun little self-care that I do. Plus, they're really easy to remove. Like, you can legitimately remove them with warm water. And although I like to have kind of a more neutral, like, basic style with my clothes, I love having a fun little pop of color with my nails, which is why I love swapping out my press-ons. So if you are a nail girly too, you need to visit oliveandjune.com slash mindful for 20% off your first Olive and June system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash M-I-N-D-F-U-L for 20% off your first Olive and June system. Hello and welcome to the Mindful in Minutes podcast, a guided meditations podcast brought to you by Yoga For You. I'm Kelly and today I'll be leading you through your meditation. So go ahead and get comfortable, settle in, and enjoy your meditation practice. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first Reform episode of 2023. So if you're new here, which I think there's a few new faces, either there's new faces or um, everyone's coming back and picking up their meditations after the holidays. I only see a number, so I don't know if you're new or if you've been here for a while, but whether you're picking up our time together here on this podcast feed or we're meeting for the first time now that it's a new year and you're doubling down on your meditation, regardless how you're here, I'm so happy that you're here and welcome or welcome back. Um, I'm Kelly. I am a yoga and meditation teacher. I don't know why I'm giving you the whole bio. This wasn't in the notes that I wrote, but I'm Kelly. I'm a yoga meditation teacher. Uh, I'm an ERYT 500, a YACEP. I've been um, teaching meditation for like eight years now, and I like to create just simple, sustainable meditation practices that help you to connect to your true self and your own authentic joy. So that's me. Hi, how are you? just felt the urge to reintroduce myself there in case we hadn't met. So if you are new here, this is a freeform episode. So there is no meditation in this episode. If you're here for um, an advanced meditation practice, you're not getting that here. Um, in the freeform episodes, I like to really dive deep into a particular topic and do more like teaching and educating kind of like I would if you were my private client or if we were in like a meditation teacher training or on a retreat or something like that. Um, this year, I'm going to be doing these twice a month. 
So that is that. No meditation today. Um, Speaking of meditation teacher training, the winter session will be opening up in early February. So if you think this is something that you want to do, I would get on the wait list. You can do that by clicking the link in the show notes or send me an email, info at yogafueonline.com. You can just put um, meditation teacher training waitlist as the subject title, and I will add you to that. So yeah, while we were talking about it, um, I was looking at the date and I was like, oh my gosh, winter session's coming up soon. Um, I'm in a really excited mood today. Like, am I okay? Uh, but anyways... If this is your first Reform episode that you have listened to with me, um, I do apologize. I am a little silly today, but, you know, I just, I think what it is, and then I'm going to get right down to the topic, but I think what it is, is this morning as I'm recording this, it's been like such, it's just been one of those days, one of those really kind of hectic days where it's like, um, you know, there's no childcare. Like Mila probably has like an ear infection. So you have to call and like get in at the vet. And then I'm playing phone tag with my doctor and all of these little things are getting like thrown up on the calendar. And so it's kind of like calendar Tetris. It's just been a chaotic morning. And so finally, like Porkchop's taking a little bit of a nap and I just get to go into my little recording closet and just like shut the door and take a deep breath And like talk about this thing that I love. And so I think it's that dichotomy of like chaotic like mom morning to like take a breath and I get to talk about one of my favorite things in the whole world in this little dark quiet closet. Um, And so I think my body with that shift is like, woo, feeling feeling a little good and a little silly. So let's dive right in. What I wanted to explore um, on this episode is talking about ways that you could elevate your meditation practice or potentially, um, I hate using the term like advanced, right? Advancing your meditation practice or I don't, the reason I shy away from that particular term and I always jot down a few notes in my last note, so we're going to start at the end, I guess, is that meditation really isn't that serious. So if we are treating our meditation practice, this is my little caveat, if we're treating our meditation practice kind of like an Olympic sport where it's like, I need to get better. I want to get better. I've done this. And so now I want to do that. And we're treating our meditation practice in a way that's like fueling our ego or our need and our drive to like be better, do better, do more, like be the most like quote, advanced, like skilled in this thing, we're kind of missing the point. So I sometimes shy away from using like advanced um, because I really think that if you are meditating, like if you're practicing single pointed concentration and you're carving out 10 minutes a day to do that for yourself, like that is meditating and that is valid. And it's not any better or any less than any other kind of a meditation practice. I think that sometimes guided meditations get this rap for being like, quote, like easy or like just for beginners. And I don't think that's true. I think that single pointed concentration is single pointed concentration. And our meditation practice is meant to be the art and the practice of being instead of doing. And so if we start to treat our meditation practice like a thing that we need to do or that we want to like progress on and it's like 
in a way that's adding to our to-do list or is fueling our ego of like, oh, well, look at me. I'm getting so enlightened or so connected. Um, instead of just letting the practice be that time to be with our true selves, to check in, to be mindful of what's happening within us and around us, kind of like this data gathering time, as opposed to like a fueling the ego time. So that's my little caveat is, you know, I'll probably use some terms like advanced or more challenging, but know that that's all relative. And the point of meditation is just like, like I said, single pointed concentration and the art of being as opposed to doing. So please don't let this episode or these practices make it into the art of like doing because we want to become these like the Olympic weightlifters like of meditation. I think it's beautiful if you're wanting to connect to a deeper part of yourself, if you're really wanting to open up your consciousness and you just want to kind of challenge yourself because it's like fun and challenges are good for you, that's amazing. And I honor that. Um, But I just want you to check in just personally as to why do I feel like, you know, my meditation practice needs to be like, quote, harder or more advanced or more challenging. And just be honest with yourself um, and let that be a part of kind of the information that you're gathering. One more story and then we'll get into the techniques. But as I'm talking about this, I'm remembering a time early on in my yoga practice where I, even though I was a a teacher at this point, so early on in my teaching, I really let my yoga practice become a thing that fueled my ego. So I was really into wanting to learn advanced poses, being able to be like the bendiest, like the most impressive, like do the hardest arm balances for really no purpose other than to fuel my own ego to be like, oh, I can do it. Or like, look at this cool picture I got of myself. And within that, I was really kind of missing the point, not only of the poses, but of a yoga practice in general. So I'm speaking from my own experience of just checking in and asking yourself, like wanting to take things to the next level, like what is driving that? And what's fueling that? And just making sure that it's coming from a place of um, just wanting to deepen your consciousness and kind of earnestly explore the practice and not so that we somehow feel like we're better because we're, quote, like doing more, having a harder meditation practice. So let's start with some signs that it might be time to push yourself a little bit or challenge yourself in your meditation practice. So some of the common signs that I see in students is that maybe they're yearning to challenge their self. They're being, you know, they're curious. They are like, I feel really good about what I'm doing and I want to learn more. I want to try something that's a little bit more challenging. Also feeling uninspired in your practice. I hear this one sometimes um, from all of you, from students of saying like, I feel like I've gotten into a meditation rut. Um, Then it might be time to kind of try something new, try a different technique or mix it up a little bit. Just like with anything, if you're consistently doing the same thing every single day or several times a week, um, at some point it'll probably feel a little bit monotonous. So that might be a sign to mix it up a bit. Um, You're finding that you have longer breaks in between distractions in your meditation. So believe it or not, I personally would consider like advanced, again, this is all relative and we're taking that 
I don't have a better word for that. Um, but I would say it's more advanced to be distracted like every 30 seconds or longer. My personal opinion. But if you find when you're meditating and you're only being distracted like once every like 30 seconds, I think that's very advanced. Um, from my experience, from the research that I've done into this topic, um, every few seconds is very common, especially if you're first starting out with a practice. So if you're making it like 30 seconds without having your mind wander from your point of concentration, that's incredible. So if you're finding you're getting these long breaks without distraction, it might be time to maybe take some of the training wheels off and challenge yourself a little bit. Um, If you have tried a lot of styles of meditation or on the flip side, if you haven't tried a lot of styles of meditation, like Trying something new and a lot of the tips and the techniques that I have are ones that are a little bit different than what you hear on Mindful in Minutes. Um, That can be a sign like if you haven't had a lot of variety in your meditation, maybe it's time to branch out a little bit. Or if you're someone that really benefits from a lot of different styles, maybe incorporating some of these techniques that can be a little bit more challenging might be really beneficial for you and your practice. And then finally, another sign is you find yourself wanting to go beyond kind of the general like stress management, anxiety management, whatever you came into meditation for. If you feel like you have a pretty good grasp on what like that first initial goal, we'll call it is, and it, it can be anything. It doesn't have to be stress management, anxiety, or sleeping better. I just use those because those are the three um, like top topics on this podcast. So I know a lot of us are here for that. Once you feel like you have a good handle on whatever your initial goal was or like your first step into meditation is and you have improvement on that, once you start to feel like you want to dip a little bit deeper into like your consciousness or into the true self or just really kind of becoming more of what's happening within you and around you, um, that might be a sign that it's time to go a little bit deeper or to expand yourself or challenge yourself a little bit in meditation. Also, one little caveat here as well is I think that good variety and challenging yourself is just good in general in meditation, also in life as well. I think that if we get stuck in a rut or we let things become monotonous. That's where we can become a little bit complacent, right? I think of ourselves sometimes as like this plant that's growing. And if we, you know, stop reaching for the sun or we, if we just only grow to a certain point and then we're like, okay, I'm good here. Not that you don't need breaks in between growth spurts, you do. But if you just let yourself kind of sit there and be like, "Mm, I don't really need to grow anymore. I'll just stay here. Like you'll never progress. And eventually, you know, other plants will grow bigger than you and like block your own sunlight. So I think that just general growth and challenge and change is good in general. Um, I also firmly believe, like, it's hard for me to say when you're ready to elevate your meditation practice. I personally don't think that that information comes from a teacher. I think it comes from within. Like, you really are your own best teacher. And if you were my meditation student, if we were working one-to-one and you were telling me what was going on, I could try to give you guidance based on what you're telling me. But at the end of the day, like, you know yourself best, you know your practice best, you know your thoughts best. And so I would trust your judgment. I I get a little put off um, by 
practices or lineages that feel really strongly that like the teacher, your teacher will decide when you're ready to progress. I do think there's value in getting feedback from a teacher. But I think if you're letting that teacher be like the end all be all to deciding what's right or wrong for you, that's where it gets a little bit kind of a little tricky. So always check in with yourself. Um, You know yourself best. You are your own best teacher. Again, checking in with those intentions. And I think that you can trust your own judgment as to when the right time is to expand your practice. For me, there's no like, you need to be meditating for a minimum of one year. You need to be able to sit for a minimum of this many minutes. Because growth and challenge and elevation is also all relative. Because if we have one student who started with getting distracted every two seconds, let's say, which is very normal, and all of a sudden, you know, they're finding, they're meditating every day, and they're finding that they're getting like these longer gaps, they're getting maybe 15 seconds, right? For them, a challenge might be incorporating more silence and less guidance in their meditation practice. And that may make those 15 seconds gaps more challenging. We're on the flip side. If you have a student that's been practicing for a really long time and maybe they want to um, be able to sit and just practice the art of being, so no guidance, that is challenging for them. And the other student just being able to have a little less guidance or being able to extend those distraction times a little bit longer, that's challenging for them too. One isn't better than the other. It's all going to be relative based on the student and where you're at personally. So a few of my favorite ways, um, if you did come to me as a student and you're like, Kelly, I really want to just challenge myself a little bit or try something new. Um, These are some of my favorite techniques and changes that I would recommend to you. So first thing would be try a new style. To me, this can be like, You know, if you become fluent in Spanish um, and you want to continue to grow your language literacy and competency, then maybe you start to learn the foundations of French, right? So if we feel like we have a really good handle on one thing, it might be time to try something different. So trying a new style. Now, there's three main types of meditation. There may be some teachers out there that disagree with me. I think that most meditation styles fall under three categories, which is focused attention, open monitoring, and choiceless awareness or pure being. So the first one, focused attention, that is you're focusing on like one particular thing, a mantra, a breath, a visualization, a certain chakra. Like that's what you hear on Mindful in Minutes. We do focused attention meditation for the most part. I'll talk about sometimes they've deviated, but like 90% of what you hear on Mindful in Minutes or if you are a student of mine in person, if you come to one of my classes, we are 90% of the time doing a focused attention meditation. So I'm guiding you through a practice where we're focusing on a thing. So that's kind of category one. A lot falls under that focused attention category, guided meditations usually being one of them. Now, the second kind, which is open monitoring, this is going to be like a present moment meditation or a practice like senses cycling or just trying to be present in the moment. So what are these things? Present moment meditation is something that 
I teach in meditation teacher training. I think it's a really valuable style. I have done guided present moment meditations in on this feed before, but it's basically where your point of concentration is just the moment. So you're noticing like what's happening in this moment or what am I feeling in this moment or what is, you know, what am I thinking in this moment? So not being pulled into the past or thrown into the future. It's just like moment to moment, what's happening, present moment meditation. There's also a practice called senses cycling, which is one if you were in my meditation accelerator last January, which I do hope to do again this year. Um, January was already really crazy and I've, I've kind of been feeling a little bit resistant to like January is the only time that you can start a new habit. I think it's beautiful to let the new year be a time to like reset and reevaluate, but I think that we need to be continuously doing this. So I hope to do Meditation Accelerator um, like this spring is kind of what I have in my mind when we're kind of beyond the new year um, and we're wanting to kind of reaffirm these new habits or go a little bit deeper. So those of you that have been emailing, um, that's my answer for that. But if you were in the last session of Meditation Accelerator, we did census cycling, I think twice. And that is where you just cycle through your different senses. So you let yourself sit and be, and you just, what do I hear? And what do I smell? What do I taste? What do I feel? What do I see? You just cycle through and then you're going to repeat again. What do I hear? What do I feel? What do I see? What do I smell? What do I taste? Like you're just cycling through the senses. That's a kind of open monitoring meditation. And then just being present with the moment. So I think of this as like the art of just existing in the moment. So it's like we're not even trying to cycle through our senses or we're not trying to really actively be like, what am I feeling? What am I thinking? What is my body doing? It's almost like we are, like if the present moment is a stream, we're just watching the stream just like pass. So just being present as time passes um, in each moment from moment to moment. So that's open monitoring. Now that beautiful sound is the sound of another sale on Shopify. And Shopify helps you do your thing however you Cha-ching. Did you see what I just did there? So whether you're selling a little bit or you're selling a lot, Shopify can help you. It is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. So everywhere from the I'm just about to launch my online shop stage to the oh my gosh, I'm opening my first real store stage all the way to the did I just sell my millionth product stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. So whether you are selling meditation books and decks, or maybe you are selling custom knit cat sweaters, I don't know, whatever you're selling, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Plus, Shopify helps turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It's 30% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And something that I love about Shopify is that it can help you no matter how big you want to grow. Like sometimes when you're selling something, maybe it starts small and then before you know it, you need to take it to the next level. And you don't even have to think about how you do that because Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. 
So sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash mindful, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash mindful now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash mindful. Now the third style, choiceless awareness or pure being, this is one that I personally would consider to be the quote like most challenging or like most advanced only because I find that pure being, which is really just like sitting and resting with like pure consciousness. It's like just being aware of your own awareness. That's some really deep stuff. That's the kind of stuff that like when I was studying TWIM, so the only times I've really dabbled in choiceless awareness or pure being is like when I was studying really intently with a teacher or I was on a retreat or when I was studying TWIM, I was with the monks and I was studying this style of loving kindness meditation, TWIM. And ultimately, I was using TWIM as a vehicle to get to this just pure being state. And for me, if you listen back to that episode, I think it's called like TWIM, the monks, and something else. Um, One last aside, it's not live yet, but I'm currently working on an episode guide Um, which I'm really excited about is going to be this very easy, like sortable, searchable spreadsheet. So if you're ever like, oh, I want to hear more about the the monks or whatever, um, I'm going to create this spreadsheet for all of us where you'll be able to go and search and see like what episode it is and stuff like that. Um, Lots of asides. I just have a lot to say today. But I was using TWIM as a vehicle to get to this state of pure being or like pure awareness. And that's where I told that story about, you know, I I closed my eyes and I wasn't sleeping and I felt like it'd been maybe, you know, 15, 20 minutes. I was really proud of myself because I was like, oh my gosh, I just was so dialed in. And like, I feel like I was sitting here for like 20 whole minutes and I opened my eyes and it actually been two hours. Like going to that choiceless awareness, that pure being state, like that's really, really, really deep. And that's something that I would say is usually done like with a teacher. So for now, let's put a pin in that one. I personally wouldn't be doing, like I'm dabbling in this one myself, so I don't do a ton of teaching around pure being because I'm working on this my own personal practice. But for me, I think that if you're used to this focused attention meditation, trying to sprinkle in some open monitoring can be a way to really challenge yourself and challenge your practice. So doing more of a present moment meditation or a sense of cycling or just being present with the moment and seeing what that's like. I think that can be a great way to challenge yourself in meditation. A few other things that you could do is try to extend your session length. Now, you can extend your session length, but of course, stay within the realistic realm. So if you're used to 10 minutes a day, you do not have to go to an hour a day. Is it going to be more challenging to try to sit and concentrate on something for 60 minutes as opposed to 10 or 15 minutes? Sure. But are you likely to stick with that? If the answer is no, then just extend it a little bit, right? If we're used to 10 minutes, let's start doing 15 minutes. That will challenge your focus, endurance, your concentration, endurance, your point of concentration, endurance. So just extending your session a little bit longer, that can be a wonderful, simple way to challenge yourself in meditation. 
Also working on extending the length between distractions. So trying to stick with your point of concentration for as long as you can before the mind wanders. Now we're not going to beat ourselves up when the mind wanders because it will. Um, and we don't necessarily have to like time how long it is, but you'll start to notice when you have less and less intrusive thoughts or less and less distractions popping up during your meditation practice. So consciously trying to do that can be a great way to challenge yourself in meditation. Another way is inviting more stillness in your body. So we often think so much about, you know, what is our mind doing? Are we getting distracted, bringing the mind back to a point of concentration? But challenging yourself to really physically settle into a space of stillness, that can be incredibly challenging. Um, so you could potentially give that a try. Also doing less guidance. So, you know, not me saying, oh, stop listening to Mindful in Minutes, Um but I do think that like if you're meditating every single day and you want to challenge yourself, if you're meditating with me every single day, one, thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, and you absolutely, you could listen, especially because there's such a you know variety of different practices. Some have more guidance, some have less guidance, some are shorter, some are longer. You could absolutely build a really well-rounded practice by listening to the different meditations that I put together on this feed for you. But if you're wanting to explore kind of more of this silence and less guidance, maybe you listen to me four days a week and then three days a week, you try to just do your own thing. You practice present moment or sense of cycling, or you even continue with a focused attention meditation, but you choose what your point of concentration is instead of listening to a guided meditation that chooses it for you. Again, one is not better or worse, um, but that could be a way that you could challenge yourself a little bit. What I will say is when you when you start picking your point of concentration as opposed to listening to a teacher or guide who picks it for you, there is definitely, and this is what I think is a challenging part, there definitely then is just the doors like flung wide open for thoughts like, am I, quote, doing this right? Or kind of getting in your own way of being like, hmm, what should I meditate on today? And then you spend so much time trying to decide what the right point of concentration is that like you've spent your whole meditation time like thinking about doing it and then never actually doing it. So try your best not to um, get swept up in that. Another way to challenge yourself is more silence. If you're someone who likes to meditate with music, try meditating without music. If you are listening to guided meditations, try guided meditations with longer pauses. Um, you could just try to embrace silence in your everyday life as well. Or incorporating one minute of silence at the beginning and end of your guided meditation, like before it starts and after it ends. Embracing silence. This can be a really simple but challenging thing to do in your meditation practice. So like I said, um, open monitoring tends to be more challenging for people. So maybe sprinkling in a little bit of these less guided or no guided kind of open monitoring sessions can be a way to challenge yourself. Like I would say even like one time a week, maybe twice a week, that's a way that you could really work on challenging your practice. Um, that is kind of my, we'll put that in like the very simple, like no cost way of deepening your practice. And I would recommend like pick like one of those things and try that. You don't have to do 
all of them. You have to be like, okay, well, Kelly says that I need to embrace more silence. I need to become more still with the body. I need to try census cycling. I need to shift my practice towards open monitoring. And I need to add five minutes to my practice every single day. No, no, no. You do not need to do all those things. Like pick one. Try it for a week or so. Then maybe the next week you pick a different one. You try that one. Our goal is to find a technique or a change or swap where it feels challenging, like it's expanding us and growing us and challenging us, but where it doesn't feel overwhelming or it doesn't feel like, oh, well, I, I have to all of a sudden mix everything up. Like just change like one little thing. It's the equivalent of like if you're trying to change your eating habits and you're like, I'm going to add one more serving of vegetables to my diet or whatever. I'm going to drink one glass of water before I even get out of bed or whatever. Like it's like one small little micro change can make a big impact over time. So just pick like one or two, play around with it, have fun. So a few other ways that you can deepen your meditation practice, and these are the um, bigger time or bigger money commitment. So you definitely don't need to be doing these things. But if you're on this meditation journey, it, you know, it'll it'll challenge you. It'll deepen your practice. So another thing that you could do is you could hire a teacher. Um, you could do like one-to-ones with a meditation teacher. Um, I find that often even like in one session, this is me personally. And again, you don't, if you're like, I want a meditation teacher, it doesn't have to be me. Sure, there's a lot of business owners out there screaming, being like, oh, tell everyone that it's you. No, it doesn't have to be me. Like if there's a local teacher you want to work with or there is, you know, it doesn't have to be me. If you want it to be me, cool. I do that. If not, that's also cool. And that's great. Like do what's right for you. For me personally, the way that I do one-to-one sessions is I do find that even like one single session with someone, if their goal is like, I just want to challenge myself a little bit more, sometimes having that collaborative conversation with a teacher of like, this is where my practice is at. This is how I'm feeling right now in this moment. Um, What ideas do you have for me or what techniques do you have to help me get to this place? And for me, I find that students progress even in one session, of course, with anything like the more you work with the teacher, the faster you may progress. But I find that even doing like a session with someone um, can be helpful to bounce ideas off of. So you could absolutely hire a teacher. You also could go to a local or even like a virtual class. So depending on where you are, even just give it like a Google search. See if there's any local meditation classes. A lot of the time it will be if you find them, um, most major metropolitan areas have like a meditation center or meditation classes, You, it's probably going to be in like a particular style, which that in and of itself, like going and learning about a new style or trying a new style could be challenging. But I also find that sometimes when you go and you're meditating like with a group of people, it's really kind of interesting because something, at least for me, I like never meditate with other people, just by the design of my life. Um, For me, meditation is a really personal practice. Like when I do meditate with people, I'm not usually meditating with them. I'm the facilitator. So yes, I'm practicing a little bit like in a room of people, but um, just with the way that my life is right now, I don't go to a lot of group meditations. I do it on my own. And it just changes the dynamic a little bit. Like if you get in a room of people all meditating together, It's hard for me to explain exactly what it is because it's a little bit different for everyone, Um, but it does change it and it can make it 
more challenging. It also can give you like a little nudge to like meditate a little bit longer. Plus, you may also make like some meditation friends, which I think is really special. (laughs) Um, I love some good like meditation friends or, you know, so you could go and see if there's any like local classes in your area or if a teacher that you like or follow online, if they offer virtual classes, like give that a try. It may help you to expand and deepen your practice. Also going on a retreat. Again, I offer retreats, but it doesn't have to be me. It could also be a virtual retreat. Um, This is going to be your highest cost option, like doing intensive one-to-ones with a teacher going on a retreat. Definitely a higher cost option, but does it work? Yeah. I mean, any time that you're dedicating that specific time with a teacher or going like into an environment where like you are doing like a meditation retreat or yoga retreat, it will deepen your practice. But that whole experience is designed specifically to do that. Um, So you absolutely could explore that option as well, like going on some kind of a retreat or um, taking a training in meditation. Um, that could absolutely deepen your practice as well. But all of these options are going to be bigger time and money commitments, which you can decide which route you want to take. But trying any of the other techniques, whether it be just quick recap of the no cost, like simple swaps, um, extending your session lengths, trying to extend the time between distractions, inviting more stillness into the body, trying a new style, having less guidance in your meditation, um, challenging yourself to not worry about, am I quote, doing this right, inviting more silence, um, just trying something new, senses cycling, present moment meditation. All of that is a very easy, low cost swap. Um, I'm a big believer in maybe giving that a try. And then if you decide that you want to take it even further, then maybe it's time to take a class or hire a teacher, or go on a retreat if you feel called to do it that way. Also, again, this is kind of my last point. I made it at the beginning, but I want to reaffirm it. Recognize that there really isn't like a destination here with meditation. We can have goals, right? That's absolutely fine, but there has to be a piece of surrender, right? It's Meditation isn't like a video game where there will be like a boss level and then you beat it and you're like, I quote, like beat the game. It's not like that. Just let your practice be what it is. Like worry less about it. It's really not that serious all the time. And you don't need to treat your meditation like this Olympic sport, right? You're just practicing being instead of doing. It should be a thing that fills up your cup and adds and contributes to your life and your well-being and should never feel like this thing where you're like beating yourself up over it or you're making yourself feel bad because of it or you're, you know, pushing yourself too far. It's just another thing on the to-do list. So deepening your practice, it, it should be about, you know, connecting with a deeper part of your consciousness of increasing your ability to focus or sleep better, whatever it is. Um, and that's really the main goal. Like there is no quote like destination. You'll never have like arrived and like beat meditation and be like done. It's just this continual thing where we're gaining awareness about ourselves and deepening our consciousness through all of these different beautiful styles and techniques within meditation. So I hope that this gave you something to think about. That's really all that I have for you today. Happy 2023. Um, I challenge you to pick like one of these things and give it a try. I'll put information in the show notes if you're wanting to do, you know, the retreat option or the one-to-one session um, or, you know, classes or anything like that. Um, I'll link to my stuff. But again, 
it, it can be me. It also can be someone else. Like, I firmly believe that there is a teacher for every student and a student for every teacher, but not every teacher or every offering is for every student and vice versa. So always trust your judgment. Um, have fun. If you're choosing to challenge yourself a little bit in your meditation practice, um, I believe in you. Something we've been saying a lot in my household that I think we all need to collectively hear. My mom actually the other day was taking pork chop to baby gymnastics. And he was, it's, I won't go too deep in it, but basically we, we went through a phase where pork chop was hitting. It kind of horrified me as a mother, even though I know that it's like normal. We've moved past it. It's just one of those things we were working through as a family. Um, and he's moved past it. And we've really been talking about like kindness and kindness coming from the heart and, you know, how our actions impact other people. But anyways, he was at baby gymnastics with my mom the other day and he was really kind to another, um, kid that was there. And my mom said, oh, pork chop, I'm so proud of you. Um, I'm so proud of you for, you know, showing your kindness and whatever it is. And then what was, you know, now yesterday. So the day after that, he started telling all of his little friends, he's like, I'm so proud of you. They would do something and he'd be like, I'm so proud of you. And it's really adorable when he says it, but it just hit me. I was like, we, we need to hear that more and we need to say that more to people. So I am so proud of you. Whatever you are doing, right now, I genuinely mean this, whatever you're doing right now, like however you're showing up in life, whatever your meditation practice looks like, like showing up and living another day, like I am proud of you for doing that. I really, really am. Um, so from me and Porkchop and also Mila, we're proud of you. And I hope that you have a beautiful day. Thank you for being here. And that's it. Have an awesome day.